Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. Had a little bit of a... Here in the uh, Outer Banks. You had what kind of a moment? Chris Hassel moment. I understand. I I can put myself in your shoes. And we're here, I don't know, 6 o'clock and... Excuse me, I just chugged some Red Bull. Should be a good spot there, Lars. Um, take the kid. You know, we went out and got some dinner. And then we're like, oh, we need some groceries for this place that we're staying in. Mm-hmm. Just garbage groceries. Oh, oh, you're realizing that, uh, yeah, grocery stores aren't like Fairway out on the East Coast. No, it's just mm-hmm. this, this hiked up prices, crap, just garbage everywhere. The meat selection sucked. I don't know what I'm going to do until Monday, to be honest with you. I'm just going to wither away here in the Outer Banks. Well, you're you're there on the ocean, so why don't you go out and use your hands, go catch some fish out there. I'm just going to go crabbing later. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to do. You know, everything you need's right there. What's going on, Hassel? Uh, shout out to Fairway, presenting sponsor of two guys named Chris. And also a shout out to Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino for sponsoring all of our... Cyhawk coverage this week here on Iowa Everywhere. They're also hassle going to step up and be the presenting sponsor of Miller and Williams, the uh, weekly podcast Great. that will be coming up on Friday. So that that's huge uh, to get a couple companies like Fairway and Prairie Meadows believing in because we're kind of selling a vision here, right? Like this isn't like a well-oiled machine quite yet. And uh, that's it's really big of companies like that to step up and show their support for what we're trying to do here. So thank Huge. you to Prairie Meadows for jumping on as well. Yes, thanks from uh, the bottom of my heart as well. When do you go to Charlotte? You got the Charlotte uh, Maryland. Yeah, I got game? Charlotte. I got Charlotte Maryland on Saturday, uh, so I'm leaving uh, tomorrow. Um, so yeah, we're both going to be in North Carolina for the Cyhawk game. But yeah, I was just in Charlotte yesterday. Came you're, on the way. You're going to be the one that gets to watch the game. I'm going to be calling my game at the same time, so that's going to be difficult. But uh, that doesn't mean I can't talk about it leading up to it. And I've been thinking about it all week. I feel like this is one of the years where I've I've thought about this game more than more than a lot of other years. What? And I'm yeah, not sure why. There, well, there's part of me too that where we risk overthinking the game as far as like the sure. breakdown goes. But the the one thing that's been hilarious to me, and, and I've been guilty, is like the reverse psychology emotional hedge thing we've got going on. John sure. Miller sent me an email on Sunday. He's like, name the score. Iowa State's going to kill him. Name the score. And, and like, it's like, come on, man. We all know it's not that easy. Like, it maybe, and here I am. I'm like, no, Iowa State has no chance. They can't beat Iowa. Campbell gets tight. No shot. Brian Ferentz is going to turn into freaking Bill Belichick out there. Petrus is going to be Brady. You know, and like th- there's a lot of that. Like neither fan base, from what I've been able to gather, is wanting to grab it and be like, yeah, I feel like my team can go out there and win. 
And I think it would be totally different if Iowa State had won this game recently. I mean, it's it's hard to even remember the last time Iowa State won. It's been, what, seven years? Yeah. Six straight losses. I feel like had Matt Campbell gotten it done against the Hawkeyes before, Iowa State fans would have a much easier time uh, getting <laughs> behind the notion that we could do this at Kinnick Stadium this week. But you're right. We've seen it so many times, and it doesn't matter what kind of game it is, whether it's high scoring, 44-41, or it's it's low scoring the last several years. Iowa has gotten it done against Matt Campbell. And uh, if they're going to do it this week, though, Chris, it's going to have to be totally different than, than, than the team we saw, the offense we saw last week against South Dakota State. There's just There's no doubt in my mind they have to be a lot better than that if they're going to win this game. And I'm not breaking any news there. That seems pretty obvious that they won't be able to win a game if the offense looks anything like that. I have a, I can lay out a pessimist role for Iowa state. I can lay out an optimist uh, from, from both sides. I actually Mm -hmm. think that I'm going to lean towards the optimist and I think it has more to do with Iowa state than it does Iowa. And we'll, we'll get to that here. Um, I have a couple of questions that I thought we should go through. Um, Ben Bruns, who does the Sunday um, Cyclone show for us, Cyclone Sunday. I don't even know the names of our own shows. Come on, Williams. He, he, him and John Miller were having a really good, really interesting back and forth on Twitter about Brian Ferentz when it comes to this game. And Ben's point, and I agree with Ben, he was like, you really, he's like, throw what you saw on Saturday away, essentially. I'm paraphrasing. Brian Ferentz, Again, his words kind of opens things up in the Cyhawk game, unlike he does the rest of the year. Do you, as an Iowa fan, see that? <sighs> to a certain extent, yes. Um, but but I don't understand it. Like there, There's a lot of people who think, they truly think, that Iowa just didn't want to show anything in that first game. They didn't want to show Iowa State anything. They didn't feel like they that, that, that the win was ever in doubt. That no way South Dakota State was ever going to score. So there was no reason for Iowa to, one, make a quarterback change, or two, do anything different offensively. That they just felt fine with just running that thing out, letting the defense do their thing, win 7-3, and then... Then we can show what we really the, are against Iowa State. offense, yeah. But see, I don't... If that's the case... And I hope it is. That's dumb. Because they were one play away from losing that game. One play. And it's a play that South Dakota State should have made. They had a guy behind the defense, a bad overthrow. And sure, the game probably turns out differently if they make that play in the first half and they score a touchdown. But South Dakota State was one play from winning that game. Not only that. The damage that Iowa has done to their reputation nationally is not something that they're going to be able to fix with just a win over Iowa State. I mean, we saw it in the AP poll. I get it. You know, rankings aren't that important, but you go from 163 receiving votes and almost in the top 25 to not a single vote in the top 25. And all week, all week, Iowa is a laughingstock nationally. At CBS Sports HQ, Tom Fornelli comes on every week. He gives us his bottom five teams in the country. Today, number one, Iowa. Worst team in the country after week one because of the way the offense looked in that first game. I feel like 
you're right. They do hold things back. But as a fan, I don't like that at all because the damage that that does is is often irreversible. I would also add psychologically to your quarterback. Right? Like, I mean, this yeah. guy has been beaten up in the press. Fans are booing him. Um, and then, you know, I watched the his media availability this week. He's trotted out there, and he just doesn't look like a confident guy. And, like, that – yeah, I, I – I, I probably lean that Ferentz, Brian Ferentz does do more in this Iowa State game than, than normal um, as far as opening it up. And that might be by Iowa State's reputation too. You know, like they used to lose to, to Iowa State when Iowa State looked like a Big 12 team, right? And that, that'll get into what I want to talk about with Campbell here. When Iowa State played like a Big 12 team, Iowa had to do certain things because they would get into shootouts, right? Like it, you're not playing Purdue – old Purdue, not new Purdue. You're not playing, you know, these big 10 West teams that just want to sit on the ball and milk the clock like Wisconsin. It's been a totally different deal. Well now, and this is where my problem with Campbell in this game is, you know, last year's matchup, Chris, the one with college game day, I guess we've had that two years in a row. Um, You're playing two tight ends, elite running back, really uh, accurate quarterback who doesn't have the arm strength to push it downfield elite defense, you think that your offensive line is better than it actually is. I've watched year over year Campbell kind of try and play Iowa football against Iowa. And to his defense, that's been kind of the strength of his team. They are kind of the Iowa football of the Big 12. It's why over the last five years, Iowa State's won the second most games in the entire Big 12 conference behind Oklahoma. Pretty good statistic for – you know, traditionally one of the worst programs in college football. So it works in the Big 12, but nobody does what Iowa does better than Iowa, and that's bore the shit out of you. That is, you know, create turnovers. That's um, field position, specialists, right? Like all this stuff. And Iowa State can do that really well in the Big 12, but you're kind of – when you try and do that against the Hawkeyes, you're, you're they invented that, Right. Yeah, and I just out I, Iowa, I, Iowa. Yeah, Iowa State can't play that game and win. If they're going to win this game on Saturday, they got to go down the field. And I think this year's team is built more for that. What do you think about that analysis of Campbell and why he hasn't been able to get it done? Yeah, and I think to your point on Iowa, um, I, I would say that one team is is better at being Iowa than Iowa, and that's Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin kind of took that torch and ran with it, and I think that's why Iowa has had a really tough time beating them over the last decade because they can out Iowa, Iowa, Mm -hmm. but uh, you're right. And that's why I think Deckers uh, is a lot scarier than Brock Purdy and the way this offense is put together compared to the ones of the past. You knew what you were getting with Brock Purdy, just like, you know what you're getting with a pro style offense. And in this game, I, I feel like Deckers, his ceiling is higher. He can do more damage against the Iowa defense because of his arm strength. And I do think that uh, Iowa State has a better chance, to your point, of winning this game by doing things that Iowa does not normally see. And uh, Deckers, I know he hasn't played in a game like this. Yes, he came in in garbage time last season against Iowa, but he hasn't been the starter. Correct in the Cyhawk game, a game of this magnitude, it's going to be totally different than what he saw against SEMO. But 
he's not going to have to do as much as he did against Simo. If Iowa State scores a couple touchdowns, they have a chance to win this game. And, and I think Deckers and this offense and Xavier Hutchinson, they have the ability to do that. The biggest key for Iowa State clearly is the turnover battle. They, they constantly lose it in this game. And when Badly. you have, yeah. And honestly, and like your punter, like, I'm not kidding. Like it, it, it sounds like a joke to any other fan base in the country. They'd laugh at us. Well, because I think for most other teams, the punter doesn't matter that much. No, I mean, but- when you're, when you're Alabama and Ohio state, you rarely ever use the punter because you don't need to, when you're Iowa and you're playing games, seven, three and 13, 10, the punter <laughs> and his importance yeah. grows just exponentially well, and it ex and it it really ratchets things up too like Iowa State has done in this game when you turn it over as much as they have and when Iowa State hasn't been able to match it I, I've, I've referenced this a, a bunch of times but like the last time there was a game played in Kinnick the Iowa State's first punt shanked off the guy's foot it led to Iowa's only touchdown that was the game and as much as I think Iowa State's offense is going to – I think they're going to produce. I Actually, if I had to bet this game, Chris, I think I would bet the over, believe it or not. Everybody's it, – it's steamed down. It might be under 40. I'm surprised it's as high as it is because we saw some Iowa games last year that had totals around 35. Yeah. And after what we saw from Iowa's offense and defense in week one, I, I thought it would be like 37. I'm surprised that it was over 40. Um, regardless, yeah, I, I just, so if you like the over, that means you think Iowa's offense is going to be able to score too. I, I think that they'll be considerably better than they were in week one. And I actually think Iowa state's offense could give them some problems. I really do. I, that's kind of where I landing here again. I'm telling you I, where I'm basing my analysis on this game is that Iowa, you know, takes a decent step up from week one to week two. And I just, I'm, I'm going off of history in this game because here's the deal. The opponent hasn't changed. When you look at it from an Iowa state standpoint, this is the same Iowa. This isn't drew Tate, Iowa, but this is Nate Stanley, Iowa. You know, it's pretty similar. It's just, you've got different, you have different players, but they're doing the same thing. And we've seen some of these Cyhawk games get out of control. Now, I don't think that this is a 44-41 triple overtime. Like, I'm not... Are you going to go out on that limb? You, you, you don't <laughs> think it's going to be a 90-point total? I, I, I do not think we will be there. But I'm, I'm less... Which, this is kind of crazy. After watching week one, I think I'm less confident in Iowa State's defense probably than I was going into the season. And I could... I could see Iowa break uh, break a couple away. The problem is like who's going to do it, right? Is it Arlen Bruce? Um, you, you guys still have massive injury problems. I don't know. See, when to I me, break- like I've said, like I've said for the last couple weeks, I don't think it's about the weapons for Iowa. I think it's about getting them the football. I think that the uh, that the uh, ability to go downfield is there. I think they could make some big plays, no matter who is in there at wide receiver. I don't think that matters. I think all that matters is whether or not the quarterback can get them the football. It's going to be interesting to see how John Haycock plays this game, how aggressive. Well, I would think that you would have to go into it and say, all right, number one, we are not letting them run the football at all. If they're going to do anything on us, 
they're going to prove that Spencer Petrus can get out of his own head, they can protect him, and he can find guys downfield. And if he can prove to do that early, then maybe you change things up. But you have to go in and just say, you know what? We're loading up the box. We are going to stop the run first and force it all on Iowa's quarterback. Right? I think so. The I think in-game adjustments will be really key sure. for Haycock. Is, I mean, that's kind of what he does. Iowa State's defense has this weird deal. Well, they'll, they'll, they often give up a touchdown on their first drive. And then he's really good at making adjustments throughout the game. So we'll see. Um, But, yeah, I mean, do what South Dakota State did and make Spencer Petras beat you, which comes down to the other question. What are the actual chances? Give me a percentage, hassle. Actual percentage that we will see Alex Padilla in this game. 50%. Wow, that high. That's higher than I thought you would go. Yeah. I – do you have I like think that, information here? Or is this just no, no, I have no information at all. It's just all, but I also thought uh, after the first half that Spencer Petras had against South Dakota State, I thought there was a 99% chance that they'd go with Padilla in the second half, and that didn't happen. But I do think this game is different, and I think it's going to be totally different if Iowa falls behind. If Petras shows to not be effective again. And Iowa State takes a 10 nothing lead or maybe even a 7 nothing lead. And Iowa's struggling in the second quarter offensively again. I think, I think we could see the hook in this game. I, I, I think we might have seen it in, in week one had Iowa trailed in that game. They never trailed. And it was against a much inferior opponent. Now you've got an opponent that's every bit as good as you are. And if you show to fall behind, I think there's a, a, a 50-50 chance that, that Padilla gets in this game. Now, I, I say 50-50 from the start of the game. If they fall behind, I would put that up to 75% Padilla comes in this game if, if the offense is struggling. Now, if it's, a, if it's a barn burner back and forth and Petrus is okay, then no. But if they're down you know, 13-3, second quarter, third quarter, Padilla's coming in. Has to. Okay. And did you hear Brian Ferentz yesterday? I mean, he basically yeah, he didn't I threw Spencer Petras under the bus. Yeah, no, I watched. But he it. said, look, the throws were there. The pocket was clean. There were throws to make, and the quarterback did not make those throws, which tells me, and he also said, he also said that he has all the faith in the world in, in Padilla. Now, I, I don't know how much of that I is. I don't believe it. Coach like, speak, I, but – yeah, I don't I think don't, it's it's not Brian Ferentz making the decision though. No. Maybe Brian Ferentz wanted to go to Padilla. And I don't maybe believe- he has more faith in Padilla, but Kirk won't let him do it. Yeah, I, the whole okay as a coaching staff though they don't have faith in that guy. But what's your stat? Petrus's last eight games, one touchdown, ten turnovers, whatever it is. They don't <laughs> have faith in that guy. Last seven games, in- one touchdown pass, eight interceptions and they clearly love Petrus because otherwise why wouldn't you go into the transfer portal there's somebody in the transfer portal that would have come to the Iowa doesn't do that Iowa. well they need to <laughs> I know they do they need to do but, a lot of things differently you, offensively but you see my point though like they clearly 
don't Chris, have you're talking like a deal. Hawkeye fan. We all say the exact same <laughs> things every single year. Why aren't they going into the portal? Why can't they recruit somebody? Why can't they, when they do recruit somebody that's a three or four star, why does that person not get a chance to get on the field? Or why does that person regress over time? I, I don't know. Thank God the defense Outside is as good as they are. In, there's no faith in Alex Padilla. That's where I, I've kind of come down on that. I, you may be right on the 50-50, but they had any faith in this kid at all, he would be out there by this point. Well, Andy, why is he still there? Like that That's the biggest that, question. That is strange. And uh, I guess a I credit to the sure. kid. Well, in that bowl game, so we were both in Orlando. Both teams were in Orlando last year. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Iowa reporters. This was a, the, They do an old-school bowl in Orlando where they have like the media hospitality room. You remember those things back when oh, they were a yeah. big deal? They still oh, do the it. Hospitality room. Yeah. They still do it in Orlando for the two bowl games, which is great. Cause Iowa and Iowa state were both there. So like the entire press corps from Iowa was in Orlando last year. And I remember like the angst because we didn't know who was going to start at quarterback in that game. Do you remember that? Like it was a thing like, will they bench Petrus? Will Padilla play? Is Padilla going to transfer was like the big talk. Well, I think the talk was which one of them is going to transfer. Like, yeah, they can't keep Padilla starts this game and it looks like he's going to be the starter going into next year. Will Petrus transfer or vice versa? But one of the reasons why they don't have that much faith in Padilla is because he didn't light the world on fire when he was in. They had to bench him against Nebraska. And they they came back in that game and won it with Petrus at quarterback, even though he – he wasn't the one that blocked the punt. He wasn't the one that really led that charge. But they ended up starting him in that bowl game. He was terrible. And the rest is history. They're both still there. And poor Labus, just sitting back there as a third stringer. I mean, what, what's it going to take to give a younger guy a shot? But you lost as it. Iowa fans, we've had Kirk Ferentz since the 90s. We know how he works. We know that he's going to do everything he can to stick with the incumbent and stick with the guy who he starts. One interesting aspect of this too is I'm, I think as a whole, I'm definitely down on Iowa state's ability to stop the run this year. But one of the, I think unfair criticisms that fans gave Iowa state's defense after week one was that they didn't really get to the SEMO quarterback I rewatched that game. I think I counted two blitzes the entire game. They were not trying. They were sending three. Will McDonald was being double teamed. Every play was out there. I do think you're going to see a much more exotic defensive game plan from Iowa State. I'm not a big believer. But do you need a more exotic defensive game plan? I don't know, but but my point is that I don't. Stack the box. Stop the run and force (laughs) Petrus to do something. My whole thing is that. The um, th- that was the criticism of Iowa State last week. Is oh, I couldn't get to the quarterback. Will McDonald's lost a step. All this stuff. No, 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 no. Like I'm not a believer that these teams generally just hold back in week one. I don't buy it most of the time. I do think Iowa State's defense just was in a total base all. Well, and and it's a totally different situation. The Iowa State position compared to the Iowa position. Iowa should not have been holding back because they were one play away from losing that game. Iowa State had their game in hand throughout. Correct. So they could hold some stuff back. I want to talk about my quarterback real quick. Um, You had Josh Pate on CBS Sports Sports HQ, I believe it was yesterday, Mm -hmm. talking about Hunter Deckers. And I'll I'll just come right out and say it. I'm – 
I'm not doing the emotional hedge. Sorry, those are my kids down there. Um, I'm going to pick Iowa State to win this game. I think there's a lot of things that have just changed. I love the fact that they're not rolling out there with two tight ends. You have a quarterback that can go down the field. I trust John Haycock, I think, more than I do the personnel defensively at this point. I like Iowa State's corners this year. I think they have really good corners. They can neutralize anything that Iowa throws out there. This isn't a deal where you're going against Oklahoma State who's got a 6'6 guy out there, right? Like This isn't anything like that. So I'm going to pick Iowa State to win the game. But it did help me to hear what your colleague Josh Pate told you yesterday because it reinforced that I'm not being a total homer about Hunter Deckers. Here's a bold prediction from me on this one before we get yours. How's this? Iowa will score first offensive touchdown of the season. Book it. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Is there a prop bet out there for this? Just, just over to get plus money on it. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, solid, Christopher. You're nothing if not bold. So I'm going to take the leap, and I'm going to say just that that six-game win streak comes to an end for Iowa. The line on this thing right now, three and a half. Iowa favored by three and a half at home, which is pretty much home field advantage. So Vegas odds makers are telling you, even teams, just have at it. Go however you want to on it. The reason why I think Iowa State is going to end up winning this in probably the year after they were expected to win it is because I think they have a couple of elements there that probably are not being discussed enough nationally. Everybody remembers Breeze Hall being there, the running back, and now he's gone. And everyone remembers Brock Purdy being their quarterback, and he's gone. And there's a kid by the name of Hunter Deckers up there at quarterback now that I don't think a lot of the country knows about. But internally, Christopher, I am telling you, they believe he could be as good, if not better. And you as an Iowa fan, I want to ask you, do you feel more threatened by what Brock Purdy brought to the table once upon a time? Or do you feel more threatened by, at his best what Hunter Deckers could be, because I think he's the reason the Cyclones win Saturday. You're you're right, and and I think there's a good chance they win because of Hunter Deckers. I think his ceiling is higher, and I think uh, what you're hearing is correct. They're really high on him, has a bigger arm than Brock Purdy. Not to take anything away from what Brock Purdy did at Iowa State, and he's he's on the 49ers roster in the NFL. He's done a great job, but Hunter Deckers might be able to lead them to their first victory over Iowa in what seems like a century. You were there last season to witness it being a Hawkeye Mm -hmm. State. We'll see what happens on Saturday. You had to throw that in there at the end. You got to do it while you can, right? That, But what I'm saying is that what Pate said echoes what I've been hearing behind the scenes. Even late last year, you're starting to hear coaches. And I'm glad you threw that in there about Brock. This isn't a – we're not downgrading Brock. He's the most successful quarterback in the history of Iowa State football. He's in a freaking NFL roster. But – it was about midway through last year when they got him in that Oklahoma game and he threw a touch, he let him down on the touchdown drive where you started to hear these things about Deckers. And more importantly, it's just how the offense is set up these days. And that, that Pate kind of backed me uh, in that I was going to pick Iowa state to win the game when I heard him. And I really respect Pate. I think he's as good as anybody in the country doing what he does. It kind of pushed me over the top. And, and I, I had not had the opportunity to talk with uh, Iowa State staff like like you do on a day-in, day-out basis. But going back two weeks to our first show or a week and a half, uh, I remember one of the things I said was, I'm a lot more scared of this Iowa State team with Deckers at quarterback than Purdy. And I think his ceiling is higher. He's got a better arm. 
And, uh, and it sounds like Iowa State feels the same exact way. Josh Pate feels that way. Now, will it come to fruition? Will he end up being a better quarterback at Iowa State than Brock Purdy? We'll see. But I think he has the potential to be better than Brock Purdy. And the ceiling is, is much higher. Now, he's got to face this Iowa defense. No doubt. Which is one and of the best defenses in the absolutely. country. So I don't think you can judge him too much on this game because this might be the best defense he sees all season. And still questions at offensive line for Iowa State. They're going to be down there starting right tackle or left tackle and Jake Rimsburg, which is a huge deal. Like the drop, here's the deal. The two deeps from Iowa State are much better now than they have been. The drop from one to two there is pretty significant in my opinion. Rimsburg and Tyler Miller on the other side. I think you have two potential NFL guys at tackle. Um, the guy backing up Rimsburg is not. So that's that's absolutely notable going up against that Iowa defense. Um, Let me ask you this, Chris. You, you okay. said that you're okay. going to pick Iowa State to win this game. I am. Reluctantly. How many I could times? see all of us hyping Iowa State, we're, and then, oh, they did it again. I, I could totally see that. Well, that's my like, question. How yeah. many times over this Iowa winning streak had you picked Iowa State to win the game? Um, the last two years for sure. I don't even, I don't remember going. Me back. too. I think I've picked Iowa state the yeah. last three or four years. And, and then the same thing we've happens. been wrong every time. Turn the ball over bad on special teams. Tory Taylor flips the field. It's exactly what Matt Campbell preaches. Yeah. 12 months out of the year, in, win in the margins. And they do the exact opposite of that against Iowa. Yeah. Kirk Ferentz is his kryptonite thus far now so do you think that history is a factor in this game because there are some years and some games where history does not matter at all when you can throw stats out the window brand new teams and all that but does history matter coming into this game i don't think so um i think it did last year though i think last year iowa state's top 10 i think they went into that game puffing their chests out, being like, we are just as good as them physically. We're going to pound it at them, right? We, we had the best running back in college football. Our lines are better. And I, I, I don't know if I want to say ego, but I think Matt wanted to line up and beat them at what they do. And, and why do you think it's going to be different this season again? Because they don't have the personnel to do that. It's just not how so, they're built. That's so just not they're how they're built. To- I'll give Matt a, a lot of credit. Matt has done this very well, probably better than any coach I've ever seen. Adapts it's, to his personnel? Yes. Took the words right out of my mouth. And the personnel is not built to do that to Iowa this year. That's why. More so than any reason, that's why I'll pick Iowa State to win this game. Because of Matt's person. Now, now you've got a freshman punter and a freshman, freshman kicker, and that scares the hell yeah, when it when Not it's a game that you think is going to come down to three points, and the spread is three points, special teams in that stadium where they're the right difference. on top of you, mm-hmm. terrifying for a punter to go out. To, it is like you've stood on the field at Kinnick. It's a totally different deal when you're on that field compared to when you're sitting in the stands. You you really have to be on that field to understand how on top of you these human beings are. For a and, kicker and a punter, it's a terrifying deal. These are freshmen Iowa State has. That scares the hell out of me more than anything. I could see this Perkins kid who averaged 50 yards a punt in game one, and he's going to go out there and just drop a punt. 
Like I, I can see it. Like I just shank it right off of his foot. Give Petrus the ball on the 15 yard line. That's Ironically, though, Chris, was- throughout the last 15 years or so, when Iowa State has won, it's been a special teams play that has won it for them. Whether it was the the game in 2007 where Colberson kicked five field goals. I can specifically remember a 9-6 game and a win at Kinnick Stadium. And the last win for Iowa State came on a last-second field goal, did it not? Um, the last win would have You can't been, even remember it. It's been so long. Wasn't it the Steel Jance game? No, that was the set. They won that game in 2012. And then I think it was 2014 was the last Iowa State win, and it was a last-second field goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Cole Nutton. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know why I remember that is because Jim Brinson – do you remember old Jim, Jimmy B and the boys? <laughs> Jim Brinson, is Jimmy B going to join Iowa everywhere? Uh, no. Okay. I haven't talked to Jimmy B in forever, but I hope he's doing well. Is he still in Iowa? No, I didn't think he lives in, like, Phoenix. He's He just – Drinks and plays tennis all day. You know, I used to call games for Michael Jordan back with the Chicago Bulls. I called Michael Jordan's first game. He came up to me. He said, Jimmy, I'm going to be the best player in NBA history. And I said, Michael, we'll just see about that. And that son of a bitch proved me wrong. (laughs) That's really well done. Um, He predicted, because I used to always do their show on Fridays. And he predicted that Cole Nutton would win on a lot. And he picked the score exactly. Wow. So uh, shout out to the great Jimmy B. Um, real quick, I uh, want to thank our uh, presenting sponsor of all of our coverage here, the Cyhawk game on Iowa everywhere, Prairie Meadows, Racetrack and Casino. Big time for them stepping up to the plate. They will also be sponsoring Miller and Williams, which will be on the podcast feed coming up on your Friday. John and I are actually going to record this afternoon to get John's take on the big Cyhawk game. So thank you to Prairie Meadows. Appreciate it. We'll be doing a lot more with them in the future. And man, again, like I'm out here, I'm in the Outer Banks. Have you ever been to the Outer Banks? No, not, not, uh, not the Outer Banks specifically. I've been to... I've been to some places on the coast, you know, but uh, not well, specifically the Outer Banks. It looks pretty cool. Hilton Head, are you in that area? No, we're de- we're in North Carolina. Um, my, well, but my I mean, mom that, is it's right down there, and right on the border, you know, north right? and south. My mom's a big cock fan. Loves them. <laughs> Grew up. We hate Clemson. We all just sit around on Saturdays growing up, and we cheer on the cocks. Love them. So, but, how did you not grow up a cock fan? And grow up a, a Seminole fan instead as your second favorite team. Cox are my uh, – they're my SEC team. But okay. we it was more of like a the hate of Clemson was instilled in me at a young age. It's funny you bring that up, South Carolina and Clemson. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only other rivalry in the country that has what Iowa and Iowa State do. In that it's two Power Five programs – in the same state where that's the only thing going on, that's no professional teams, yeah. and they're not in the same conference. Mm-hmm. Very similar. I, I feel like we have something special in Iowa, and that's why I've always loved the Cyhawk game. And I, it really upsets me that this might go away. And we, we heard Kirk Ferentz on his radio show last night saying, look, 
we're not sure what's going to happen here after 2025. So, I mean, just a word of advice to, to people that love this game. Enjoy it the, the next couple of years, Saturday and, and, the ne- and the next couple, because we, want, we might not see it again, the way college football is going. I know there's a lot of Iowa fans that don't, that don't want to see this game played anymore, and I don't get that. My dad is one of those people. He doesn't think this game should be played, doesn't think it's worth it, because Iowa has to win every year, and if they don't, it's a big failure. I, I totally disagree with that. I think this is what makes college football special. This is why we love it. Two fan bases living amongst each other, getting to settle it on the field once a year. Why not? That's why what the whole not? sport is built on. Regional exactly. rivalries that people care about and are passionate and that's about. And that's what we've gotten away from in college football with realignment. Is, is the regional rivalries. I mean, we've talked about West Virginia and they don't get to play their regional rivalries anymore. They just had the backyard brawl for the first time in what, a decade? Look how awesome that was. Yeah, it was amazing. And everybody's There's, clamoring for it. They want it. They, they got a taste of it. And they want more of it. So I just hope to God that we can keep this thing going. If it's not every year, make it every other year, or every three years, just keep it going. Don't, don't let what happened you know, in the 50s and 60s happen again because it returned in the late 70s and it hasn't gone away for a reason. Two guys named Chris presented by Fairway. I was going to say that we went to this just garbage grocery store last night. You bringing up the grocery store again? I just, I'm so used to Fairways, right? And you go Mm -hmm. up there and you know what, you know what a real, you know, slab of meat looks like, right? And like what it's supposed to be like. And, you, and they, they gouge you too. And I know oh, I'm in yeah. a tourist attraction here. I, I understand. I get it. I'm on an island. The prices are going to be higher. But I know what I, my, my daughter has a milk allergy. I know what I pay for a half gallon of almond milk at a fairway. And I know what I paid last night. It's ripping me off. See, I honestly have no, I have no idea what, what people pay for a gallon of milk because I haven't been to a grocery store in 15 years. Wife does all the shopping for me. Must be rough. I said, once we left Iowa and we left fairway and we left those (laughs) beautiful stores of the Midwest and came out East, I said, I'm not setting foot in those places anymore. Boycotted grocery shopping. So I, I, I I would, what is it? What does a gallon of milk cost? Two bucks? Oh God, no. Four or five. Depends on where you're at. It's been a while. Inflation, man. I didn't even know right. people still drink real milk anymore. Yeah, they all, it's all like the oat and like the... Yeah, the I've, got, I've got my uh, my coffee here. I just put a little almond milk in there or, or coconut milk. I, I just drink um, almond milk anymore because my, both of my daughters had dairy allergies, so I just kind of got used to it. But anyways, we're going to do our three best Cyhawk memories, our three worst Cyhawk memories, and then we got to get to our top three games of the week here in the next 20 minutes or so. Chris, I'll let you start. Uh, what is your uh, – give me your top three Cyhawk memories, my friend. These are my, what, favorite or worst memories? These are, we'll, we'll start with we'll, – we're feeling positive here on a best. Thursday morning. Okay. Let's do the best. Best Cyhawk memories. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the the – Number three for me is 2003 when Iowa finally broke through. You know, when Ferentz had it going, uh, Matt Roth had the sack, and he just just flexed on everybody. So good. Just flexed over the quarterback. Bad man. Blew out Iowa State. Finally um, snapped that five-game losing streak because – I mean, I I I I had ne- I hadn't seen Iowa State win that game until I was almost in high school. 
and then they yeah. win it, and then they win it again and again and again. And then McCartney and, uh, didn't let you let you stop hearing about it either. He oh, it is. against Iowa. You know, oh, oh wow, God! And then Good you see Paul Van Winkle. Got uh, looks like Greenway in the background. Austin, poor Austin Flynn, true freshman quarterback, true freshman left tackle in that game. That was when Iowa State, like, they'd be good, and then they would just hit rock bottom, and then they'd have to build it back up, and then they'd hit rock bottom. McCartney era to a T. That picture has been in thousands of Iowa fans' man caves. No question about it. Does it make you erect? Fully. Uh, Let's move on to my number two favorite memory uh, in the Cyhawk game. That would be my very first RVTV, and really RVTV as a whole. I mean – God, that was so much fun. Good time. I didn't really know what the rivalry was growing up in Muscatine, not really thinking that much about Iowa State. My dad always just bashing Iowa State. Um, we're we're seeing one of the one of the RVTV commercials when I had looks like a shaved head almost. Yeah, look at you. Oh, this is where the bear gives me a massage. Um, (laughs) it was so much fun because I go up there and oh my God, there's Iowa State fans exist. Wow, they. They, there really are people that root for the Cyclones here and meeting Iowa State fans who were so nice and just being out on the road for a week every year during this game. That God, that was I missed that. And they're doing it right now. And I I'm always jealous that I don't get to take part in it. You you have uh, attempted to FaceTime me several times at about three in the morning from those stops over the years. I, I never answered. The thing we used to do when Andy started doing early mornings, we would just wait for him to go to work and we would FaceTime him because we were still <laughs> up. But my number one Cyhawk memory is that time that Iowa ruined game day coming to Ames. Which, which time? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Both of them. Two for one, baby. I, it's so funny. You ask an Iowa State fan, we're like, uh, I don't want college game day. I never want it again. <laughs> we have such bad memories of college game day in Ames. I don't want it. I do not want that circus in town. I don't want that that bad mojo that is, you know, Lee, I don't want Lee Corso hanging out in Ames anymore. Keep him away. Those are the only two times they've come to Ames, and it's been against Iowa, and they've lost both of them. All it's, right, what are your three favorite? Terrible Cy-Hawk setup, members? too, because we don't. We're, you know, we are like, no, they're coming here because of us, and you guys can be like, no, you wouldn't be getting game day if it weren't for us, and then we, and then you beat us. Like that's how that whole thing sets up from an. And Iowa Ashton State. Kutcher comes in and his oh. big black combine. Uh, number one for me. Was, oh, you're starting at one or three? Three for me. Two and three are kind of similar for me, but the 2005 game, mm. 23 to three, knocked Drew Tate out of the game. That's my favorite Iowa State team ever because I have so many good friends to this day who are on that team. My best fr- best man at my wedding was the starting linebacker in there. He had an interception in the game. Um, Myron Blythe, who podcast for us, Cyclone Fanatic. That was just what I remember about that game. All my buddies came over. We were juniors, I think, in college. All I mean, my you buddies, were in your hay. That was you in oh, your heyday right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All my friends come over from Iowa City for the weekend, party on Friday night, and those poor bastards had already left to go back to Iowa City at halftime. They weren't even going to wait it out. They were just – it was a formality at that point. And just Iowa was, I think, eighth in the country. That was supposed to be one of your best teams, and 
Um, and it was never really close. So that this would is be, a foreshadowing to one of my worst memories. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. Um, the second one for me would be the 2011 game in this mm-hmm. more of like, as a college football fan, what a phenomenal game. Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought overtimes. about, I thought about this game as one of my worst memories because it was such a heartbreaking loss. But then I was like, you know, that game was so great. And I was yeah. on the field for it. It was, and it was just kind of out of nowhere. James Vandenberg was like, all of a sudden he was, you know, Joe Burrow out there yeah. and going back and forth and back and forth. And I was right there when I, I can't remember the name of the running back crossed the goal line. And then the Iowa James White just plows him as he crosses the goal line over the pylon. That was just a fun game. And then I had learned my lesson already from being in many crowd stormings throughout my uh, days at WHO 13 and field stormings that I've been a part of that I shouldn't have been a part of. I got the hell out to the corner and let everybody have their fun because I didn't want to be in that. To me, that's probably the second best Seahawk game ever played. 2002, 2001 was really good too when they played it in November because of 9-11. That was a really good game. I think 2002 is the best Seahawk game ever played. The 36, 31, Seneca, Whitford, Danielson. But I have to be honest, like I didn't put that on here because I was an Iowa fan then. <laughs> so like at the time, it wasn't this great memory for me. I look back on it now and I watch it and it's it's totally different. But at the time, I was I was an Iowa fan, so I couldn't in good faith put that on my list. That was devastating. That was a phenomenal football game, though. Iowa had the big lead at halftime. Everything's up against McCartney and the guys. Second half, night game. That because that was supposed crazy. to be the the two, you know, my number three favorite memory was that 2003 game when Iowa finally showed, okay, we're, we're back, and this is yeah. this is the Hawkeye State. The 2002 game was supposed to be that. I mean, fans were frothing at the mouth. It was like like a 2:30 kick, national TV. The place was rocking. Jamil Lewis runs into the end zone, and I mean, I'm getting and goosebumps it, just talking about it. I mean, it kept you guys out of potentially a BCS championship game potentially it, not right re- they still wouldn't have made it they could have gone undefeated and they still wouldn't have gotten in because it would have been Ohio State and Miami but potentially a shared yeah I don't something know maybe like a coaches that. poll national championship but and then you got your ass kicked in the orange bowl anyways but waited too long that I I was last game was on like November 10th that season oh, so was- and then they didn't play again until New Year's so if the game would have been like a couple weeks earlier they would have beat Carson. Oh yeah, they would have kicked Carson's ass. <laughs> you put that game on Thanksgiving, it's a different story, man. Um, and then number one for me, this is so cliche, but it's just the family connection to the Seahawks game. I mean, I've been on both sides. A lot of people have in this state. If they're you literally you know, have been on both sides. Yeah, I mean, you grew up an Iowa fan. <laughs> I grew up traveling five hours every Saturday with my uncle and his little Dodge Neon, and we would. We had season tickets to Iowa. We'd go there and, you know, camp with my aunt and uncle and my, my just everything about it. And then my kid has spent a lot of time in Iowa City at the hospital there. And it's just – so there's like a different level to it than me. That's where I get really annoyed with the idiots when it comes to this game because they're – I've seen like the the family connection. And to me, that's my favorite part about the game. Um, I – I always think about my family when it comes to, cause we're truly a house divided in, and it's also a house where 
you know, my uncle and I would talk shit one all the time, but we'd always hug it out at the end. And like, it, it was just kind of how it goes. So I know it's very cliche, but to me, that's what it means. And that if everybody's being honest, I hope that you can, I hope we're not Auburn and Alabama. We're like father, son will like shoot one another. <laughs> I think that actually happened. I don't think I'm making that up, but that that's it for me. We'll go. You I, wanna, what about your, your worst ones? Asshole. Uh, uh, you, I think you've, you've hit on a couple of them already. Um, my worst memories from the Cyhawk game is oh. uh, 2007, the 15, 13 game. My team because, won. And this, this game is a debacle was a bad memory in general. Just yeah, Jake game. Christensen was, Iowa's quarterback. Um, but it was, if Shaggy. you remember, it was Gene Chizik and he was coming off back to back losses against Horrible teams. I think they yep. lost to Northern Iowa and Kent State yeah. at home. Julian Edelman. And Iowa was like a 17, 18 point favorite. And they lose without giving up a touchdown. And w- what really killed me about it was that was the first game that I covered for WHO 13. And I was on the field with a camera shooting it. And I was standing underneath the goalpost with the camera shooting Culberson as he kicks it, following the ball. Right through the uprights, and then oh, it just, my my stomach was in a knot. So that was my that was my number three worst memory from the Cyhawk game. Number two was the loss in two thousand two. I, I think for a lot of people that would be number one, mm-hmm. but I totally think I, I think a lot of us kind of retroactively put that number one because of what that season turned out to be. And oh my god, it, it would have been an unbeaten season had they won that game. But in the moment. Uh, we didn't know Iowa was going to be as good as they were. And it, it still was heartbreaking. But I put that behind the 2005 game that was one of your favorite memories where Iowa came in as a top 10 team. Drew Tate gets knocked out trying to make a tackle on an interception. Mm-hmm. And Iowa gets blown out because that was a year that Iowa was supposed to take that next step. They had, in 2002, they shared the Big Ten Championship. They finished in the top 10 in 2003. 2004 is when they get a share of the Big Ten Championship. They go to the Capital One Bowl. Drew Tate has the the miracle play at the end of the game. And you just feel like 2005 was going to be the year. Drew Tate could be a Heisman contender. Iowa can be a BCS National Championship team. They're starting in the top 10. They go to Iowa State. And it's just a buzzsaw, an absolute hornet's nest. The place was swarming, and Iowa never had a chance. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, I was on the other side. I that was a hell of a party that night. I can promise you that. I think we I think we shut down Patty's uh, down in Campus Town with half the football team, if I remember if I remember correctly. My my three worst. Um, it was the 9-6 Jake Knott interception game going into the stadium. Somebody threw a Milwaukee's best at me. <laughs> it was like three Do they quarters. sell Milwaukee's best? At, no, they don't even sell – they didn't sell alcohol at Kinnick at the time. Who the hell's drinking no. Milwaukee's best in no, Iowa No, this City? was in the tailgate lot when I was walking to get into the yeah, game. Yeah, but who – somebody's drinking Milwaukee's best in Iowa City? Oh, yeah. The beast. Was this before Bush Latte took over? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I don't know, but somebody was drinking it. So Jack's you turned around. 
and you they turned called around, me. You checked to see what kind uh, of beer it was after it hit you in the head. slur. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part was, so I go up into the press box, and I'm just covered in beer. And that's not a good look because then they think that you. No, it's like look this party. this young this young hot shot covering Iowa State <laughs> comes here to Kinnick Stadium thinks he can just get drunk before the game and come up here into into Jim Zobble press box. I actually think it was Milwaukee's best light, if we want to be very specific. But yeah. I didn't even know that existed. To be, honest. I haven't been back since. I don't think. I don't think I've you been, been to back to Kinnick Stadium since then. Well, I didn't go to Campbell's first year because I knew. The forty-two to three year, I knew that that was going to be an absolute bloodbath, and I just didn't go. Like I sent somebody else went and covered. I think Rob Gray covered it for us, and I just stayed okay. back and did post game and all that. You hid, and then no, I wait a second. I have been. I was at the thirteen to six game where Kyle Kemp played. I think it was Kyle Kemp, whoever the hell played for us. I don't, I don't even remember. I just remember all I can remember is Corey Dunn shanking that punt off of his foot and giving Iowa that free touchdown. To start, that was maybe the worst Cyhawk game I've ever experienced. Uh, we we just got uh, Christopher just sent in. Wow, I'm glad to have you part of the show. Three guys named Chris. Christopher on Facebook just sent in a link to uh, Milwaukee's best on Beer Advocate. <laughs> it gets a score of 47, which is considered awful officially. <laughs> awful. It's well, ranked it was as the. the Whoever it's ranked was as the 30,830th best beer in the world. Whoever was drinking it was like in the rich tailgate lots. Because you know where, you know the lots where you get into the press box in yeah. Iowa? The only way you can get like your camper there is if you're rich. Oh, yeah. They're I know that. Yeah, the people that I know that have those spots from Muscatoon are people that own like car dealerships and stuff. Uh, two for me, the rain delay in 2019. I truly, truly, truly believe Iowa State wins that game. And that's the that last idea. time the game was at Kinnick, right? No, this was the first Oh, this is at Iowa day. State? Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 this yes, was the yes. Actually, I, I put the year wrong. I'm sorry. It would have been 2021 or 20. Well, that's whatever. last year. Yeah. Iowa State's had so no, many rain issues. Yeah, it was the year after the COVID year or the year before COVID. So, yeah, 19. I'm sorry. 19. Okay. Iowa State came out on fire, and they were blowing Iowa up to start that game. And then they had the weather delay, and Iowa owned them the rest of the way. Whatever Ference did. Was that the game that ended with the muff punt? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's the game. And I didn't think they were going to keep playing the game because all these idiot Iowa State students came out and started doing, like, nosedives and stuff on the field. And oh, like, was that was, the year that they assaulted the Iowa band members? No, the band members. That they, they just attacked these innocent band members who were the, trying to leave the field and go back to Iowa City, and they just get berated and assaulted the by Iowa State fans? liberals of the Iowa band <laughs> feel the need to – they don't have to listen to – you know, they don't, they don't have to listen to authority. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to. Here, do you want to say hi, every, everybody, really quick, girls? Say hi, Uncle Chris. Hi. There we go. There we go. They're uh, going to the beach. I'm staying here to work. It's no longer uh, two guys named Chris. I, I truly think Iowa State would have won that game, but it was a completely different game after that, and credit to Iowa. They dealt with the circumstances a lot better than Iowa State did. Uh, number three, <laughs> you'll love this, RVTV. 2017. This is your number one, correct? Not your number this, three. This is the worst Cyhawk moment of my life. And this happened in Ames. They put us in the student lot. 
all of our RVs in the student tailgating lot. Do you know what year this was? 2017. Okay. And I, I was in a pop-up camper. So just a teeny tiny little pop-up camper. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, it maybe an 11 o'clock kick or it was an early ish type game, you know, and it's about like five in the morning (laughs) just starts beating the, you know, everything's pounding. I've been up drinking since like two and I roll out there and there's just co-eds all over my camper, just everywhere. (laughs) You got guys pissing on the tires And like, I'm, I'm getting a little bit nervous cause it's my father-in-law's camper, you know, and I'm trying to protect it. And I, I almost got like a fist fight. There's just, there's just co-eds just pissing all there's a girl squatting on my truck. Oh. Like it is just a horrible, horrible situation, but it's a great RV TV memory. Cause we had a hell of a time that night. Yeah. How did you have to, why did you have to park in the student lot? Pollard couldn't hook you up. No, that's where Iowa state put the RV TV deal is in the student lot that year crazy oh deal god. oh my god so there you go minor it was little. always an issue parking the rv in iowa city because this was back when they had permar security i don't know what the security is now but i don't think it's permar and oh it was all they you know barda would always just put us out in the, some pasture somewhere <laughs> and one one morning the RV just starts rocking back and forth. <laughs> and there's a guy outside, old guy, like 70 years old, just rocking the RV in his yellow Permar jacket. Hey! Hey! And Keith goes, opens the door. What? What? He goes, you gotta get the hell out of here. You guys aren't supposed to be here. And Keith's like, no, no, this is we're, we're with the TV station. This is where... Gary Barta had us park. He's like, no, God damn it. You get this goddamn RV out of here or I'm going to have your ass towed. And Andy went out there and he starts, you know, yelling at this guy. And I'm Andy's telling you, this guy was like it. in his seventies, all hunched over. And he was hot. And I, I and see. I just laid there in my, in my, in my bed. Didn't I can move. see a, a, an Andy fails who has been awoken Oh yeah, this man! After a week of partying, and it's like I, it's like six well. in the morning. <laughs> Iowa security and Iowa parking enforcement. I mean, it is the worst. All right, real quick, our top three games of the weekend. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, I'll start. We'll change okay. it up. Oh man, we we knocked it out of the park last week, though. Oh yeah, we did. Our games last week, all of them were great. I'll put Alabama, Texas on mine. Um, Alabama's a 20 point favorite. Really? More is, I think that this is interesting. More Just so a spectacle. It, well, and I, I really am interested to see what Texas has offensively. I think that they could put up some points. I don't think they're going to be able to stop Bama. I think this could be a 49 35. I'm going to pick Texas to cover, um, but it's more, you got these two giant brands. This yeah. is a test for Alabama, the perennial pick to win the national championship. So I, I feel like I got to put it on there. I was talking with Brady Quinn yesterday, and he said, "You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm wondering how Alabama is going to stop Bijan Robinson." Yeah, I think so, that's a fair concern. Yeah, this game, you're right; it might be better than we think. Uh, I have Baylor at BYU. Uh, BYU's a three point favorite in this one. Big Twelve. I, Baylor was my pick to win the Big Twelve championship. 
Really big road test for them. Baylor won this game handily last year in Waco. Future Big 12 game. Yeah. Uh, this will be a late night one too. So if you're, uh, if you're, yeah, it's like a 10 15 kick, yeah, I think. 10 15 Eastern. Perfect kick. Uh, so this is a really good game. I can't wait to watch that one. And then I'm going to put Houston at Texas Tech. Houston getting a look two games in a row for me. But again, like if they're truly going to be this year's Cincinnati, anything close to that, they've got to win these games. They can't afford to drop any of these. And I think Texas Tech is really interesting. If you talk to a Texas Tech fan, they are very encouraged early on. I'm going to pick Houston to get the road win here. I like the fact that they had a really tough game in week one against the the Roadrunners. They They're should have gotten more credit for that. I mean, they, yeah, they, they won in overtime in a hostile environment. The Alamo Dome was rocking. That's a really good UTSA team. And they they flat out won the game and they don't do anything in the polls. They stay at 25. I don't get that. That's I, I, agree. I, I That was on my list of potential games as well. I, I love those. I I like uh, my, my top three games of the weekend. I'll start with uh, Tennessee oh. at Pitt. This was honorable mention for me. This yeah. was fun last year. Pitt went into Tennessee and beat the Vols, but this year, uh, Tennessee, they feel like they've got a uh, potentially a top 15, top 10 team there. Pitt coming off the backyard brawl win. Man, that's two amazing home games back-to-back for Pittsburgh. Uh, my number two game is also a game that you picked, Baylor at BYU. That's going to be a great mm-hmm. atmosphere, just a fun game, and it's really it's pretty neat that that's going to be an actual conference game yeah. moving forward. And BYU plays a killer schedule this season. So if they can win this game, they, they've got the, they would have the resume at the end of the year as an independent to get into the playoff if they take care of business because they also go to Oregon. I know Oregon fell out of the rankings after what they did against Georgia. It's still a good win. But they, play, they go to Oregon, they play Notre Dame and Arkansas in addition to Baylor. Wow. Okay. My number one game, though, is Kentucky at Florida. Florida just beat Utah at home. Anthony Richardson soaring up the Heisman rankings. He was 50-1 to going into that game. Now he's 20-1. to He's among the top five in uh, shortest odds to win the Heisman Trophy. Will Levis at Kentucky, uh, uh, an NFL draft pick, potential first-round draft pick, two great quarterbacks. It's going to be a great atmosphere in the winner of this game is potentially a top 10 team and might be that challenger to Georgia and the SEC East. Yeah, no, that's awesome to get that conference game right there. Those are all, those are all good ones. The other, the only other one I would throw out there, and this is more interesting to me. I'm interested in Arizona state at Oklahoma state late on Oklahoma state is, I, I don't think you're crazy to go and put a long shot Heisman ticket on Spencer Sanders after week one. It just feels like they're, that Gundy offense, they're going to be scoring more points this year. So I, I, I want to see what Oklahoma State shows up against, you know, a bad Power 5 team nonetheless, but still a, a, a an actual opponent. Sure. That is it for me. Um, Hassel, appreciate your time. I know you got to get over to CBS. You didn't even ask me for my pick in the Seahawks game. Wow, we've moved on past. What is your pick in the Seahawks game? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Iowa State again because I've been pretty good at being wrong picking Iowa State the last uh, three four years. I'm gonna pick them again. And my theory is that if I keep picking them, I have to be right at some point. True. I, I'm gonna say um, Spencer Petrus gets benched in this game. Okay. I, I I'm gonna say Iowa falls behind early. 
Spencer Petrus, this is my stat line prediction. Four for nine, 47 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, benched. And we see Padilla come into this game with Iowa down seven points. And it's going to be a tight game throughout. Uh, He won't be able to lead Iowa to victory. And Iowa State finally can say it's a Cyclone State again. Yeah, I I have it around like 20 to 14-ish. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, wait, no, 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 no. That's that's a total of thirty-four. You said you like the over. Yeah, in this I game. know. That's what I had. Down. I, I I realized as I said that I'm contradicting. Well, I, I will bump that up a little bit because I think Iowa State's offense will get going. So we'll see. Right, Twenty-seven twenty is Chris's prediction. There, Iowa State. There you go. Twenty-seven twenty. An offensive explosion from Iowa, and it's not enough. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Um, I think Bloom's going to sit in for me on Monday because I will be on a flight back to Iowa. Oh, God, that's going to be miserable if Iowa State wins and yeah, I have will to be, be with Bloom. It truly will be. It'll be a horrific situation. My so. dad won't even listen. He will not listen if, if I'm on with Bloom after an Iowa State win. Yeah, he will. Your dad loves you. He loves you more than he hates Bloom. I don't well, know. Maybe man. Not. Not, not, if Iowa wins, yes. But if Iowa State wins... Because, you know, you know, Bloom really gets those Iowa fans going. Yeah, he really does. That's what he's really good at. That's his thing. Uh, Matt Van Winkle, production here Great for Great job, us. Matt. Appreciate you, buddy. Great job. Two guys named Chris back on Monday. <laughs> that a boy, Van Winkle. That's my man. Folds up the beat Iowa shirt. All right, I'm off. I'm out from uh, the Outer Banks. Watch Hassel. What time's your kick Saturday real quick? Uh, yeah, don't watch me because the Iowa oh, game the same is time at the same yeah. time. DVR <laughs> hassle. My game starts at 3.30 Eastern. It's on stadium. It's Maryland at Charlotte. Talia, Tungabaloa, probably going to have a day. All right. Appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate Prairie Meadows and Fairway for stepping up to the plate, sponsoring us here on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa everywhere.